the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Well, welcome to the Larry Rosenthal Show, and here he is, as he always is, Larry Rosenthal himself here in studio with us. Larry, good morning. Well, good morning, Chris, and how are you today? You're looking pretty good. Well, thank you, thank you. I enjoyed Easter and Easter dinner, and I enjoy way too many dinners, as you could probably tell. <laughs> Nonsense. <laughs> food is good, food is good, but it's it's always a good season to remember. And even though Easter is over, it was it's a week past, it's still always you know, something you need to remember year-round because, you know, he is risen, and I just want to sort of reiterate how important that is. Well, there's no doubt about it, Chris. I mean, not only year-round, but daily. Yes. You know, daily, we need to live for Jesus. We need to pick up our cross daily and yeah. walk with it. You know, um, that's I mean, He gave us everything. He did everything for us. I mean, he is everything. So, yeah, it's important to remember that. I just don't want us to, just because Easter's over, you know, let's, let's remember that uh, that's an important thing to think about anyway. Correct. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Um, you know, we'll keep our phone lines open here this morning at 855-ROSE-123 for any of your financial planning or investment or estate planning or tax questions, mortgages, real estate, whatever's on your mind today. It's always open mic Saturday with me here behind the the, the, uh, the microphone with Chris. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. You know, we have a seminar coming up mm-hmm. on May 9th, Chris, at Turf Valley Country Club over in Maryland. And it's going to be on the subject of annuities. We talked a little bit about this the last few weeks on the show. You can register by going to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. We're having two sessions on May 9th, the first one in one in the afternoon and for 90 minutes, and the second one from 6.30 to 8 p.m., same material. And we're going to be going over annuities. And here's some thoughts. You know, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of annuities. We're going to talk about the fees in annuities, the living benefits, the purpose of annuities, are there surrender charges? What are the death benefits of an annuity? The different types, indexed, variable, fixed. We're going to be going over all those different scenarios right there. And when you stop and you break down what's happened in, in America with retirees, it's a very good story. And the story is this. We're living a lot longer. So how do we manage our money for that length of time, 20, 30, sometimes 40 years into retirement years, Chris? Mm. Is the market going to be dependable enough to make sure that you keep pace with your standard of living when it comes to your expenses? So when you take a look at 
the purpose of a pension, you know, a pension is going to give you lifetime income. Social Security, it's meant to be a, a, a supplement to your own savings and investments. It says it right there on the pamphlet. So then how do we derive the rest of our income? Through our investments. And one of the interesting subjects is this, is when you say, you know, there's advisors that say, I hate annuities and advisors that say, I love annuities. Okay. We're kind of in the middle of that. When you look at an, an investment pool of money giving you a, a stream of income, that money needs to stay invested in that invested in investment in order to give you that stream of income. So it's not that liquid, just like an annuity. It needs to stay in an annuity. So it's not that liquid. It needs to stay there to produce the income. But the purpose of an annuity is to deliver to you income for the rest of your life. And we're going to break that down. We're going to unpack it. We're going to dissect it, and we're going to take a look at it all. So, so when you're talking about the right type of combination of safety, growth, and income, you can get that outside of an annuity and inside of an annuity. So those are some of the things that we're going to be talking about there on, on May 9th. That's exciting. I know that with annuities, there are scary things that can come along along the line as well. Is can can you uh, you know talk about that too a little bit? Some of some of the annuities you don't particularly like, right, or you don't particularly think are good investments. Well, Chris, there's there's different types of annuities out there, and 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 you have to start with the understanding of what is the purpose of an annuity. And an annuity, the the primary investment objective of an annuity is to put money in and get an income stream that you cannot outlive, an income stream for life, right? Mm-hmm. So so why not look at that from, from, from that standpoint? But then there's different types of, of, of annuities. There's, there's index, there's fixed, there's variable, there's immediate, there's deferred. All those different types of products fall underneath the heading of an annuity. And there's certain types that, that some people like and some people don't, but we're going to go over the different ones. Mm-hmm. We're going to explain those to, to, to people. But understand the purpose of it is to deliver income. It's not to compete against the stock market. It's to compete against your standard of living, securing your standard of living. In other words, taking away longevity risk. That's what the purpose of, of an annuity is. So we'll be going over that. Again, if you want information on it, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. You're gonna, you can catch me there live Thursday, May 9th. Two sessions from 1 to 2.30 in the afternoon and then from 6.30 to 8 p.m. There's no cost for the seminar and the refreshments are complimentary. If you want to understand the do's and don'ts, pros and cons, if you will, primary objectives of annuities, then come on out. It's going to be a lot of fun. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and register right there. 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. What say we take a quick break here, Larry? Absolutely. Let's keep the phone lines open. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do 
as we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. Welcome back to the Larry Rosenthal Show. Larry is here. We're talking about various different things during this program. But one of the things that's kind of interesting and that people may or may not do is when do you have a piggy bank, right? Are you putting some money away every once in a while, right, Larry? Sure, Chris. You need to be putting money away every pay period, every month, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah, you something. know, there's there's you know all kinds of information out there about people that are undersaved towards retirement and my my question to that is is when when you see these articles and just just this past week the the uh, financial press had had a handful of articles out on people being undersaved and started thinking about that and and you know one of the questions that weren't that wasn't proposed in these articles in these interviews was well when would you want to know about it mm-hmm. you know if you're planning on retiring at sixty three. And you're 62 and you go, you know, I, I, I wonder how we're pacing for retirement. Maybe that's a little too late to ask that question. And what does undersaved mean exactly? I mean, when you say undersaved, is that just not enough to get through to the end of retirement? Not enough to get through each month? What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? That's correct. And that's what that's where we need to take this conversation to. And that's exactly where we're going is is when when people are talking about being ready for retirement, What's the the economic level of somebody's income versus expenses that they're actually seeking or that they actually need? So we break down in our financial plans with clients your essential income spending and then your lifestyle spending. That's what we that's how we break it down. And you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the first page there and see a video of that. Hmm. Uh, but but getting back to the to to the lesson here. When when you hear people say, oh, you need 80% of your pre-retirement income or you need 50% of your pre-retirement income, you know what? Here's the way people don't know how to figure this out. And here's the way you figure this out, the, the back of the envelope test real quick, if you will. How much money gets deposited into your, pay, into your checking account per paycheck after everything's taken out? After taxes are taken out, your 401k contributions taken out, after everything's taken out, how much money gets deposited into your page, into your checking account? And then from that money, are you saving anything addition? Maybe you're saving another $200 a month into your savings account. Okay, so you're not using that $200 a month to live. And then ask the question, you know, is this money lasting me each month or each pay period until my next paycheck comes in? If the answer is yes, then that's how much money you need to be shooting for in retirement to maintain your current standard of living. So you first have to ask the question, when I see all these articles out there about, oh, people are undersaved, how do Mm. you know? Have you drawn a line in the sand and asked the question, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? What am I on pace for? 
And that's what we need to start really asking the questions. People are asking the wrong questions a lot of time. I think there's more on top of that, too, there, isn't there, when there's that month where a huge tax bill comes in that you weren't expecting, and maybe a couple of months where, you know, I've got a car breakdown. You've got to load those into that plan, right? Yes, exactly. And, and, and that's why you need, you need to have a slush fund. You know, you need to have, you know, some reserves saved up in the bank without a doubt about that, Chris. But the, the, the key thing here is, is people need to maintain their standard of living. And, and that's not the question that they're really asking. A lot of times they're, they're just asking the question of, you know, they, they don't know what they're going to be able to live off of in retirement. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's important to find out as soon as you can what you're pacing for. That's why it's important to run a financial plan, to, to, to really take a good look at it. You know, if you want, we'll send you out our financial planning uh, toolkit. And it'll give you, get you going down the road on that. There's no cost for it. Just go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and request it. We have sent out thousands of these all over the country, and it's, it's free, and it'll get you some financial education, and it will really help you to start building that financial plan for yourself. But don't be the one who's underfunded. Understand what you need and, and, and talk, you know, figure it out. You know, it's, it's, it's not that hard, but it is something you need to stay on top of all the time. Hmm. 855-767-3123 is the number to call, 855-ROSE-123. Um, I know you have some uh, some thoughts on this from a biblical point of view, too, because you talk a lot about how it's all God's money. It's not, it really isn't. We're, good, we're supposed to be stewards with it, right? Well, yeah, Chris, we are, we are asked to be good stewards with the resources that the Lord gives us, you know, and, and that's an interesting question, too, you know, make sure that you're tithing and, and giving the missions and, and, and living within the parameters. And, and I know it's tough. It's very, very hard. You know, things, you know, wages haven't gone up that much over the last several years. They're starting to rise, to rise now. And I know that, that, that uh, a lot of people live week to week and check to check and, and all of that. And, and, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, uh, understanding whose who's money it is and what our role is with it and even what God's role is with mm-hmm. it, you know. And, and the Bible s- talks many, many things about that, you know, many, many scriptures about, about all of yeah, that. Yeah, what's that so, number? You talk about that number sometime. How many times he talks about the word money in the scriptures? I think it's over 2,300 times or so. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Kind of important. It, it definitely is important, you know, and, and you know, we've got to, Put it back in. You know, God gives it to us to, to you know, we've, we've got families to take care of, colleges to pay for, retirements to fund, mortgages to make, mm-hmm. car payments to make. Uh, but, you know, we don't want to get too far over the tips of our skis either. You know, we want, we want to manage our, our income and our debt and our assets as, as best we can from a, from a biblical perspective. You know, we have God's economy on one side and, and man's economy on the other. You know, and, and man's economy basically says, you know, he or she who, who dies with the most toys wins. Well, I don't really think that's the way God's kingdom is, is it? No. No, it's more servitude and it's more, more giving. And, and, you know, there's a balanced mix in there. And you make so, this place a little bit better because you were here kind of a thing is a much better approach, I think. True that. True that, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Hey, I see we've got to take some phone calls here. Let's go ahead and uh, open up our phone phone lines again at 855-ROSE-123. Let's go ahead and welcome, uh, let's pick up line two here. Good morning, Richard. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine, uh, Larry. Thank you. Yep. How can I help you, sir? Uh, I wanted to get your, uh, your feeling about uh, annuities, fixed index. Okay. Uh, just, just my broad feeling about, an, about fixed indexed annuities? 
Right, right. Sure. So, so, so the primary investment objective of an annuity is income, income that you can never outlive. And there's three types of annuities. There's a variable annuity that have sub-accounts that act like mutual funds inside of them, and you can have your risk spectrum anywhere from conservative to very aggressive. Then there's equity indexed annuities, which is what your question is. And then there's fixed annuities. So let's talk about a fixed annuity first, which is basically the crediting mechanism in a fixed annuity is going to be that of a, of, of a bond rate of return from the mutual fund company. So we have on one side, we have variable annuities, which invest basically like the stock market. And then we have fixed annuities, which basically invest like CDs or bonds. And then we have an indexed annuity, which is right in the middle. It's, it, it, it gives you a crediting rate of return based off of the index, like the S&P 500 or the tech NASDAQ. So the design of the annuity is to give you somewhat of the rate of return. So, for example, they have different ways to, to credit you the rate of return. If, if, if the index, let's suppose the market does, say, 10% return, you might get 7% credited to you. On the other hand, if the, if the market goes negative, you won't lose any money. So they're going to cut off the tops and cut off the bottoms. Long term, though, an equity indexed annuity is probably going to give you 4, 5, maybe 6% rate of return down the road. So it's a stable type of an investment for someone who doesn't want a lot of risk, but also for someone who understands, hey, I'm putting this tranche of money into an investment that's the primary objective is designed is to give me a stream of income down the road, not to be taking lump sums in and out of it back and forth, but but mainly a stream of income down the road. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so it's, a, it's correct that uh, it's not really possible to lose money in that type of uh, Is that right? In, well, well, there's there's hundreds of different ones out there, but yes, the premise is correct. And and depending on which company you're looking at and which product they're offering, I would stay say that's correct. But you need to read the brochure and the, and 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 the 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 sales kit on it all. Now, the you can lose money in an indexed annuity, and this is the way you can do it because they come with what's called surrender charges. If you put money into the indexed annuity, and and in the first several years, you're only allowed to pull out maybe. Maybe 10 or 15 percent of the money each year. If you pull out more than that, then they would hit you with a penalty, and you would lose some money from that standpoint. So again, you want to make sure that you're you're taking the right amount of your dollars and putting into the right contract. And I would compare three or four different annuities from different companies if you're looking at the annuity world. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, I recently uh, attended a, a seminar on these, and the uh, presenter was very favorable at pretty much pushing that type of annuity. I don't, don't know a lot about it, but well, just yeah, just just remember this, okay? That 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 and 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 here you're going to get a completely unbiased view. So how's that sound, okay? So <laughs> so there are financial advisor friends of mine that put the majority of their clients' assets into annuities, and I have financial advisor friends of mine all across the country that will never put their client money into an annuity, and and I'm one that that believes in both. The primary objective of an annuity is to deliver income, okay, and to take away market risk. But you cannot, 
you, you, you have to also understand that there are different products with different companies. So make sure whoever you're working with that you're shopping multiple companies around that you're, he's not, they're not just saying, oh, this is the one for everybody. Make sure you're shopping around because they all have different benefits and features uh, attached to them, Richard. And it's important to understand the different, but think about going through a cafeteria line and you're in the dessert section and you can have cherry pie or you can have blueberry pie or ice cream, right? They're all desserts, but they're all going to do different things and taste differently and that's my point is the different annuities have different little sub sub subtle uh subtle benefits and and features uh, attached to each one of them so make sure that you shop these around okay yeah yeah i guess i'm in that cafeteria line now where we're real close to Exactly. So I actually, I actually have uh, some 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 uh, uh, papers in my office, some some uh, reports, I guess you can call it, that that explain the differences in the different types of annuities. If you want to, I'll put you on hold, and, and we'll send this out to you uh, sometime next week. We'll shoot you an email with it all. Is that okay? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Thank you very much, Larry. Really yep. appreciate it. Welcome, Bob, on the line from Woodbridge. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? I'm just fine, Larry. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Could you elaborate upon the different types of stock funds? For example, you hear on the news it says the the NASDAQ is up or down and another one is up and down. Can you explain those three funds? Sure. You mean the the three main indices, the NASDAQ, the S&P, and the Dow? That's correct. Sure, absolutely. So the NASDAQ is is, – just your your basic tech stocks. It's it's where a lot of technology stocks are located. Um, Micron, Google, Apple, things like that. Then the S and P five hundred comprise your 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 largest five hundred stock or your largest five hundred companies by market cap weighting. So you could have a a a uh, stock that's in the Nasdaq. And the S and P 500 because it's a tech company, but it's one of the largest 500 ones. Okay, and then the Dow is only 30 stocks, and those are the Dow Jones Industrial Averages from all the different indices uh, or, or industries out there. So you're going to have some financial stocks there. You're going to have some uh, technology stocks there, some brick and mortar type stocks there. So those are the the indices that you're looking at. And it's very interesting, Bob, when when you sit down and look at the different investments that you may have. You may see, for example, the S and P going up one day, and and some of your stocks actually could be going down, or vice versa, because. When you when you own like small company stocks, they're not involved in any of those. So if you have a small company stock mutual fund, then you need to look at the Russell 1000 index. So that's basically the the way it all breaks out. Here's the question though, that 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 uh, comes up when we're talking about the different indices like this, and the question is. Which one of these gives us the best indication of the overall market? Is it the Dow, which is the oldest and most prestigious? Is it the S&P 500, or is it the NASDAQ? It's actually the S&P 500 because that has 500 different stocks in it, whereas the Dow only has 30 stocks in it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so so these are just measurements to see how these uh, different baskets of stocks are, are actually performing. The trick here is to take a look at your investments. Let's suppose your your your, your let's suppose your IRA, as an example, has has fifteen different mutual funds and ETFs and stocks all baked into it somehow. Um, 
how is it comparing against the different indices, the Dow, the S&P, the, the, the NASDAQ, the, the Russell 1000, so forth and so on? You can look to see how it's comparing against it. But then if you really want to see how your investments are performing in, on, on an apple-to-apple comparison, take a look at what, what benchmark your portfolios most closely represent. And you can do this with the Morningstar tool. So I'm getting down in the weeds here, but if you take a look at, let's suppose you have 10 different investments inside your portfolio, okay? okay. And you can type them in and you can hit this, this little thing that says custom benchmark. So suppose you have 20% in financials and you have 20% in this and 20% in that and blah, 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 and so forth and so on. It'll build you a custom benchmark and then you can see how it's, how it relates to the custom benchmarks that are out there. In other words, it doesn't do you any good if, if your investments are main 80% of them is in small company stocks and you're comparing against the S&P 500 against the 500 largest companies. That doesn't do you any good at all. So you want to compare against what your benchmark is is relative to. That way you can really tell if the investments you have are, are, are doing better or worse than the overall market. And you can also assess the risk level that you're actually taking inside your basket of investments versus the market benchmark that you're comparing it against. It's very important okay. to do that. So if you wanted some information on that, I could, I can, I'll be happy to send it out to you. Um, on how to build a custom benchmark to assess your risk, well, versus your return on your investments versus the the overall market that you're comparing it against. So I'll, I'll put you on hold, Bob, and we'll get your email and we'll we'll shoot you out an email with with that information. Appreciate One the other question. Yes, One sir. Um, mm -hmm. I own some stock, and uh, my stock is always listed on the New York Stock Exchange, so. Being that, that means that it doesn't qualify to be in one of these three that you just mentioned, correct? It could very well be. It right. could very it, well it, be. Because I never can find it on one of them, but I, it's always listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Okay, so that's just the exchange, okay? So so that's where that's where it's bought and sold. That's the exchange Correct. on where people are, are buying it and selling it all the time. So it may not be in those different indices that that I just mentioned. It could be in the Wilshire five thousand. It could be in, in, in the Reed index. I don't know what stock it is. If you tell me what stock it is, I could probably figure out what index it's in, but that's just it's where been, it's ex uh, exchanged. That's all. Dominion Dominion uh, energy. So, that, so that's a utility. So it's in the utility yes. index. That's where it is. Okay. Okay? Yes. Okay, Larry, thank you very much. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Tim on the line from New Jersey. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Just okay. How are you? I'm doing well. How can I help you, sir? Uh, my fiance and I are, are, are residing together and renting and um, just more a question about um, the housing situation and kind of how to piece together in my mind to then be able to impart to my fiance we're doing okay renting we don't need to jump into buying or even a mortgage at this point so looking at our, our combined income I don't I don't see us buying or, or, or being keeping up with the Joneses and getting a mortgage anywhere in the next couple of years even 
Okay, so I, I'm you were breaking up a little bit, Tim. What's your question? My question is: Am I playing the bad guy by saying no? We we're not we're not ready for that to take that next leap into home ownership. Have you ever owned a home before, Tim? I have not. That could be part of it right there. Um, I remember when I first bought a home, I was scared. I was like, what's going to happen? So so at the end of the day here, you just need to really sit down and look at the math. You know, what is the cost of home ownership versus the cost of renting? That's what you need to look at. And then, and then start asking yourself some intangible questions about it as well. How long are you going to stay in the same area right now? You know, if you plan, if your jobs are stable and you plan on staying in the same area for the next several years, that that might okay. be a, a little slash towards maybe buying a home. Then you take a look at, you know, an, a, a, a downside to buying a home, which is people say, okay, I've got enough for the down payment. But then you move in and all of a sudden now we want to get curtains. We need new carpeting. Um, all of a sudden we want to do this and we want to do that. And we needs have to, a lot of work. It, it could need a lot of work or it could need that we need to start filling up rooms with furniture. So so that's a conversation you and your fiancé need to have as to do we have enough money saved in the bank that we can just shift our rent payment from renting over to homeowner and make a mortgage payment, taxes, insurance, and interest, right, principal and interest as well, but still have yeah. enough money left up in the bank for reserves just in case something were to happen. Uh, because there is a little extra incidental cost with curtains and stuff like that, so so just outline all of that. But I'm a big fan of, of home ownership, but how long are you going to be in the area? What's the stability of your job? What are the other debts that you carry? And, you know, just really sit down and talk about that. I don't think it's a bad guy, good guy thing. I think it's just a matter of understanding where you are now versus where where your financial situation would be short and long term on uh, purchasing the home. We have some information on sort of do's and don'ts of purchasing a home versus renting. If you want, I'll, I'll, we'll, be, I'll we'll have our office email it out to you sometime next week if you'd like. Okay. That'd be wonderful, Larry. Okay, let me put you on hold, and uh, Josh will get your email information. We'll be happy to send that out, Tim. Good luck. Appreciate the phone call. And and another thing, too, is interest rates are probably going to be going up over the next year, year and a half or so. So if you're thinking about doing it in a couple years, you just may be backing yourself into looking to pay a higher interest rate as well. So, so, so that's some consideration also. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. 
That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. Nationwide and coast to coast from sea to shining sea. Call now, 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. Live from the nation's capital, this is the Larry Rosenthal Show. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. Every Saturday, we're here. Coast to coast and see the shining sea. We'd love to have our serious listeners here and certainly our friends from our flagship station, WAVA. So it's kind of fun. Larry, we got some other stuff to talk about here. We do, Chris. And two of the biggest financial decisions that people make in their life actually come towards the end of their working career. Okay. Think about that. You know, well, should I start saving money now or at the end? Obviously mm. now. <laughs> should I buy a house now or at the end? Probably now, right? <laughs> yeah. But two of the biggest financial decisions from a cash flow standpoint come towards the end of somebody's working career, and that is how to maximize your Social Security benefits and, for those that still have pensions, how to maximize your pension for your family. So let's let's break this down a little bit here and talk about the pensions. When you take a look at your pension opportunity, for those of you that have a pension, you know, you you're, you have the option of taking a life-only, what they call high option. Let's suppose that that's going to pay you, as an example, $5,000 a month. But you say, well, what happens if I die? What's my spouse going to get? And the answer is nothing. Then the second scenario is, well, instead of getting $5,000 a month, now maybe you're going to get $4,000 a month. And if you die, your spouse is also going to get $4,000 a month. Or a third option is maybe you get 4500 a month, and if you die, your spouse might get you know, 2750 a month or something like that. So when you stop and you take a look at how to protect your spouse and your family with your pension, this is a big decision because when you go from the high option down to protecting your spouse, it could be as much as $500 or $1,000 a month of cash flow that you're not going to be getting. And if you both live a long time in retirement, that's a lot of money you leave on the table, isn't it? Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you protect your spouse and then you both pass early in retirement, there's a lot of money left on the table that your family never got as well. So how do you solve all of this? And you have to sit down and you have to take a look at the four different scenarios on the way this plays out. And this is called a maximizing your pension conversation. Um, One way is to simply purchase a life insurance policy so that you can take the higher pension payout, buy some life insurance, pay it off in in a handful of years, and still enjoy the higher income. And if something happens to you, your spouse receives the life insurance proceeds and then lives off of that. Or if you both pass early in retirement, your heirs get the life insurance proceeds because there's, there could be hundreds of thousands of dollars that didn't come to the family through pensionable income because you both passed early in retirement years. So when you sit down and, and you really you know, dissect 
the pension decision, the pension conversation, it's a very major financial decision uh, in, in your, early in your retirement years on, on how to do that. If you want information on how to maximize your pension, go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and shoot us off an email. be happy to send you out information on that and, and, and show you how to step through those calculations for yourself. But a lot of people still have pension plans out there, believe it or not, and they need to understand how to maximize this. And the the uh, pension that's selected, the, the one that's selected the most, is to protect your spouse, which is great. And there's different levels of spousal protection. But there's also something called family max, and that's how to protect the family with all of the cash flow as well. So understand how to maximize your pension. Chris, we often talk about money on this show because that's one of the main yeah. drivers of this show, right? Uh, yeah, but we, we also couldn't talk about anything bi- else, right? <laughs> right, but we also want to keep a biblical truth to it all as well. Scripture is filled with uh, uh, verses on, on money. First Timothy 6, 9 through 10. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snar and many foolish and harmless desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Mm-hmm. For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. And think about this for a second here you know we we talk a lot about money and how to manage assets and and how to how to turn your investments into a success story for you and your family at the same time we cannot allow money to control us we can't be thinking about money all the time and 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 living our lives around the protection of our money you know the lord gives us uh the these assets to use in his service and that's what really what we have to really focus on understand you know i often get asked the question a lot you know how do i get financial freedom larry that's what i want is financial freedom and i tell them i say you know i tell people you know then then understand whose money it is it's yeah, not yours yeah. what's the purpose of it and so don't get caught up in and 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 trapped into you know man's economy of he or she who dies with the most toys wins and things of that nature like we were talking about earlier you know ch- check it out first timothy 6 9 through 10 as well as many many other scriptures on us being good stewards with managing the lord's resources you know larry i just was thinking about that i mean when you align your life with what the Lord has outlined for us. And part of that is money, but it's not all money, but part of that definitely is money. Things seem to sort of start falling in place. It's amazing how life gets better, right? And things get better. And you seem to be able to have a lot more peace and happiness in your life. Well, yeah, and that's because you have the peace of God in your heart, not necessarily talking about the prosperity gospel. Or no, no, like that's, that, not what I, Chris, that's not my point. But I, I understand, but, but I want to be clear. And, and yes, when, when, when you, you know, follow Jesus and follow the Lord, you, you can have, you know, peace with God and peace of God in your heart. And that is a huge, huge thing. You know, it's like going out in the country one day for a drive, leaving the city, going out in the country and getting into that mountain range and going, man, it's so peaceful out here, you know, and just the stress leaves, you know, it's kind of cool to have that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely, definitely. So, you know, hey, hey, turning, turning back now to money management, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are some of the questions, again, you need to be asking yourself about your abilities to maintain getting towards your goals. You know, we talked earlier in the show about about understanding what your what what your uh, finish line looks like, about getting to that retirement uh, point. What are some of the strengths you have to accomplish your goals? 
What are some of the weaknesses, roadblocks? What opportunities do you have? These types of things should be put into your investment conversation with yourself or with your spouse or whatever. You know, it's understand why you have the different investments and make sure things are protected, too, with your wills and trust as well as your insurance. You know, insurance is, is a very under, or I say overlooked and underpurchased. It's a very overlooked uh, blind spot in people's financial house, if you will. You need to make sure you have the right type of auto and homeowners as well as an umbrella liability policy on top of everything. Uh, disability insurance, you know, if you became sick or injured or were unable to work, where's your paycheck going to come from? And a lot of people have group long-term disability through their employer, but it's limited sometimes to the maximum monthly benefit that you're allowed to have. So make sure you understand that, and, and you might need to get a supplemental disability. You know, disability insurance, if you think about it, is the only insurance that really pays you. You're insuring everybody else. Your homeowners is insuring the construction people, you know, and, and, and uh, your auto insures the body shop, Right. Life insurance gives others, but disability insurance is the only one that's going to pay you a paycheck should you not be able to go to work because of a sickness or an injury, God forbid. Uh, and then make sure that you have the right types of life insurance and the right amounts of life insurance in place to give yourself a firm foundation financially. And people often ask, you know, how much life insurance do I need? And, and we can run all types of illustrations and financial analyses on them and things of that nature. But the bottom line is this. People need to have between 5 and 10 times their income of life insurance protection. And that's based off of a handful of factors, Chris. One, it's based off of the age of dependent children the amount of debt the family has, the percentage of household income one provides, and the amount of the, the, the level of standard of living survivors need to maintain. You know, that, that's the, that's the uh, amount of insurance that somebody needs. Th think about this. If somebody makes $100,000 a year and, and they pass, you know, and if you have a million dollars of coverage, you need to take 10% out a year just to match their income. Mm -hmm. So now you might need to take, you know, now you need, might need, you know, um, uh, $2 million of coverage to take out 5% so that you're just withdrawing interest and you never run out of money down the road, 4 or 5%, right? So, but that, but that, that amount of insurance that you get can be in different, different, uh, I guess, ratios, right? You can have permanent insurance and term insurance and kind of add them in together to get your full coverage point. Perfect. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, there's different types of insurance. There's permanent insurance, as you mentioned, and term insurance. And the, the uh, objective of term insurance is, is for a small amount of money, you get a large coverage amount. And permanent insurance, you know, have a whole life and universal life, and those are designed to stay in force for the rest of your life. They're more expensive, but they're designed to stay in force for the rest of your life. So, yes, is the answer to your question there. You can have a combination of both, you know. It's, and and, and the, the thought is, is, you know, as you have, you know, young families, you probably need more life insurance versus when you're in retirement years. When you're in retirement years, the need for insurance could change from, from you know, hey, I, I need to protect my family's income to now I'm going to provide a tax-free inheritance for my heirs. Mm -hmm. So lots of different changes can take place on the need of, of insurance as we age throughout, you know, throughout our lives. So. I think you told me once in one of these shows that a lot of the wealthy families in America over that's how they built their inherit their their kingdoms was kingdoms. It's a bad word. Their their wealth that they built their wealth with insurance through retirement and through 
handing that down as a legacy benefit. Yes, many, many, many. This is one of the ways that that the wealthy pass assets on from generation to generation, and 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 we have clients that do this. It, it makes so much logical sense. You know, it, th- think about this: if 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 you have savings, and and you know, at the at the end of life, if you still have money left over. Um, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so think about this: when you run out of financial plan, if there's money left over, then why not take a little bit of that money now during your retirement years? Maybe take one or two percent of the interest earnings each year, and put that into a wealth replacement plan with life insurance in it. And that one or two percent each year will then generate, you know, four, five, eight hundred thousand dollars of tax-free insurance for the next generation. So, so it's money that you're not going to spend in your retirement years. It's money that's not going to come out of your household budget in retirement years. It's, it's money that's already earmarked for the next generation, right? You're, you're saying, oh, I'm going to keep this money for the kids or the grandkids. Mm-hmm. Well, why not take a little bit of the interest earnings on that, not only pass that on, but also buy additional, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of tax-free dollars uh, through through insurance. And that's the way that, that a lot of people are starting to do. You know, a lot of Main Street, you know, Americans, middle class are starting to understand, hey, this really is a smart idea. It really, really works well. And and um, you should see it. Matter of fact, I, I taught a seminar on this a couple of months ago, and people were just amazed at it, at, at how it really works and how inexpensive it really is to be able to set up, you know, some tax-free um, trust money, if you will, for, for kids or grandkids down the road or whatever the case may be with it all. So uh, very, very interesting. And, and it comes out of, a, you know, of, of a desire of having a conversation about, where do you want your assets to go? Because at the end, our assets are going to go to heirs, charities, or the IRS, and a combination of those. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going. Mm-hmm. So, so why not take advantage of, of, of the best ways to go about doing that? So, Keep absolutely. it in the family if you can. Yep, yeah. I agree. Hey, you're listening to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise. Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703-201-2494. Call right now. For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. So a lot of people, Chris, have bonds, right? Mm-hmm. Bonds, 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 and James bonds are bond. in mutual funds. Yep, James Bond. There you go. And and um, the primary objective of bonds is current income. Growth is secondary. The objective is 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 current income, and the growth on it is secondary. And when you're sitting down and you're taking a look at the bond 
fund, talking about a bond fund, not an individual bond, you might see a yield of, of let's say, 4%. Okay, so the bond's paying 4% in this example. And then you look over and you see, well, the SEC yield on the bond is really 3.5. What's the difference between the SEC yield and the, the yield of the actual fund itself? The SEC yield is the yield that is based off of the real interest from each bond that makes up the bond mutual fund. But the bond could be paying an extra half of an, half a percent, like I just mentioned here, to bring it up to four because they want to be competitive. They want to say, hey, our bond fund's paying more than everybody else's bond fund. Put your money here. But why is that money coming? Where, where's that money coming from? Excuse me. Where's it coming from? How are they getting that money? Are they distributing from cash? Are they lending money from the fund? There's all different ways to really, you know, skirt up your uh, uh, your interest or your, your uh, in in bond funds. So if you're out looking for bonds in bond, you know, if you're out looking for bond mutual funds, it's one of the questions that you want to ask: is what's the SEC yield, and then what's the current yield of the fund? Be, don't be surprised that a lot of times the current yield of the mutual fund is going to be higher than the SEC yield, and that means if there's something that turns wrong in the bond world, that your yield could drop uh, pretty quickly. So just be aware of that. A little consumer awareness there on how to shop mutual funds. So much involved in all of this. Mm-hmm. You need to know what questions to ask, definitely. Hey, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123 if you have bond mutual funds. Want to talk about it a little bit? 855-ROSE-123. Let's shoot on over to Annandale. Welcome, welcome Marilyn on the line. Good morning, Marilyn. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Thank you. How can uh, I help I, you? My question is, at the age of 80, I have uh, savings, and I'm out of debt. I have no debts at all. Uh, I own one house that we rent out, and the, my son is a builder. And he is asking if I would loan the money to our company to build uh, some houses in this area uh, for sale for profit. And I'm asking the question, is that a wise investment for me at the age of 80? Well, it depends on, on what your goal is with this money. It's it's great to help your son. There's no doubt about it. And he's probably going to get more favorable terms from you as far as interest goes than the bank. So, right, you know, does your son have a good track record? I'm sorry, go ahead. With uh, the savings that I've had all these years, it's just flat. So my question is, should I be like the bank for my son? Does your How long has your son been in business, and do you understand uh, oh, the many, risk? Many years. He's built at least 20 houses and churches and things like that. Okay, so it sounds like he's he's got a good track record with all this, Marilyn. Do you understand the risk? If you lend him the money to, to build the home and the real estate market turns down and he's not able to sell it, then you could lose some dollars. Right. That's pretty much the risk there. So as long as you're confident in, in in the time frame of him building the home, being able to sell it, then you should probably do well in that type of a scenario there. But I understand it. You know, it, you're going to be able to get a better return on your money if it all works than what the bank's paying you. So, you know, I think as long as the numbers are there and you understand the risk, then why not go ahead and do it? Yes, okay. Very good. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at 855-ROSE-123. You know, I was reading some stuff this morning. I, 
I don't know. It's kind of political, Larry, but the reality is they're saying that uh, there are uh, the biggest threat in the economy today. The biggest threat facing the U.S. economy has a lot to do with political discord in Washington. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> is there political discord? Okay. Um. Yeah, kind of a little bit. But they say that's the biggest threat to the economy. And uh, kind of what's your take on that? I know that's a bit controversial, but it's. Well, is it is it to the economy or to the markets? You know, one thing, Wall Street wants clarity of direction. Okay, and, you know, it's definitely election season. It seems to get earlier and earlier every year, right? You know, I mean, this this is uh, uh, April, and we haven't seen any Christmas decorations out yet, which is good, but we're already seeing <laughs> politics, right? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, you know, I mean, when, when you take a look at, at uh, what both sides are, are talking about from an economic position, yes, there there's definitely concern about that going forward. You're talking about sweeping changes one way or not. Right. And, you know, and so we've got to wait and see what happens. You know, uh, America will solve this, you know, as you say, discord at the at the ballot box. It'll go one way or the other. And and then again, we'll have half people happy, half people not so happy. But, <laughs> you know, it, uh, Wall Street just wants clarity of direction. That's all. And, and Wall Street has clarity of direction right now up until that that uh, the next election. And then we'll see what happens with it all. Fair enough. So that you're thinking that if one side does one thing or one side does another thing, sweeping changes could topple things one way or the other. Or it's just it's all going to work itself out because 50 percent is going to be the other way. So you're just trying to really pull me into some political discussion here, aren't you? So here's the deal, right? Okay. Okay. No matter what. So when you when you look at at um, uh, fiscal policy and monetary policy, when you look at who's in the White House or in Congress, whether Congress is split or, or one side or the other, fiscal policy is all the stuff that comes out of the White House and Congress, tax and spend. Monetary policy is all the stuff that comes from the Federal Reserve, the control, the su- money supply, tightening or loosening, right? Mm-hmm. Being hawkish or accommodative, right? Mm-hmm. So, so those are the two scenarios. So, from from our lens, from our vantage point, working with clients, we just need to understand what policy is. You know, when 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 government makes a a tax change, whether it's up or down, good or bad, that's not our debate. That's not our discussion. What our scenario is, that means we need to move money in this direction or away from that place. When interest rates change up or down, or the Fed makes a move with monetary policy, we're not involved in that decision. We're not involved in that in that process. We just have to sort of, we're like baseball players. We're in the batter's box, and we have to hit what's being pitched. So when government makes changes, whether it's politically or 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 uh, monetary policy or fiscal policy, that gives us indications on where we should be investing or should not be investing, and so that's the way that we really approach it from from that standpoint. And I've I've lived through many many administrations, making many many changes on both sides of the aisle, and and that's what we have to keep our focus on, uh, be, because it will affect. And, and if we get caught up in, you know, who wins and who loses, whatever, we're not keeping our eye on the ball. Keeping our eye on the ball is understanding what ball is being pitched, and that's what we have to hit. 
Wow, that's a good answer. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE123. Thank you so much for your calls and for listening today. We sure appreciate you listening from all over the United States and here in the Washington, D.C. area as well. We're kind of uh, on the end of our show here today for now, Larry. Yep. Well, appreciate it. We'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. So for Bob in the back and Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll see you next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense. This is the entertainment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.